0: Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. And here is Pastor Gary Tony. Hey, good to see you guys this morning. I trust that you've had a good week. Yeah? You're real convincing. Well, I've had a great week. Uh, and so I hope that I, I uh, overflow on you with my greatness. my greatness. <laughs> That really didn't come out right, did it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I uh, I have to wrap this series up today, and so I've got a lot to cover. So I need your help. Stay hooked up with me. All right? Yeah. Let Let's pray and dig right in. Father, speak to our hearts today. Stretch our faith. Enlarge our vision. Give us courage and grace to do the, the things you've called us to do in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Now, our key text has been Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. It says this, if you're in Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and your are heirs according to the promise. A couple of things we need to understand about this that we've talked about throughout the series. Number one is you're the seed of Abraham today if you're in Christ. Yes. If you're not in Christ, let's, let's take care of that today. How do you do it? You believe in your heart that Jesus came and died and rose from the grave and you confess it. It's that simple. You do that. And in that moment, you are born again. You're a new person in Christ. You belong to the family of God. You are a citizen of heaven. That being said, understanding that once that takes place at that point, you become an heir of the seed of Abraham. You're you're part of God's family and you represent here on the planet. So God needs you tomorrow on your campus, on your job. He needs you aware of who you are. Now understand, and you know I'll remind you all of this all the time. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. I know some people are like, what's that mean? It means that a pig doesn't know the difference between your Bible and a comic book. That's what it means. So there were people, you can't just go around you know, being John the Baptist on the side of a mountain in the break room. Because number one, they're not able to receive some of that. Huh? Secondly, they'll think you're weird. Because you might be. If you're doing that, right? You have to be led for those opportunities to speak into someone's life. Jesus has the ground ready. You know, people are praying for somebody and all of a sudden he le- he'll lead them across your path or you across their path. That's what Paul meant when he told the young minister, Timothy, hey amen, you be ready in season, not a season. Be ready for what? Be ready to share what, what God's put on your heart. Have, have that message ready. Well, I don't really have a sermon. I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. You may not be a pastor. You, you may not be on staff, but everyone is supposed to preach. And let's be real. A lot of you all preach stuff. It may not be the gospel, but you'll get to preaching. <laughs> because, because Jesus said from the abundance of our heart we speak. So all you got to do is hang out with somebody a few minutes. You, you find out where they're at. You, you listen and they begin to talk about what's priority in their life, what they're passionate about. See, my prayer is that we become more passionate. And this is one of the main focal points of this talk is that we understand the time and season that we're in. We are truly living in the last days. And I know everyone's not on the same page with that. Well, I need you to get there. Because when it happens, you won't be shocked. Because you're ready. Anybody ready for the Lord to call us home? Now, I, but now here's the thing, until he does... We're not just waiting around for the rapture. We're going to be about kingdom work, yeah? Yeah. There are people that God will send across your path, your style, your personality, the things you like to talk about and do. God will send people across your path or he'll send you into theirs for this reason. You got what they need. Amen? So with this talk today, understand that we are the seed of Abraham. We are heirs according to the promise. And that promise, you remember just reviewing quickly as I can. Y'all know how I am sometimes with my reviews. They wind up being my message. But if you go back to Genesis 12, you'll see that God told Abram at the time, we know him as Abraham, he said, I will bless you, I will make you great, and you will be a blessing. And I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. But one of the basics that you must understand about a covenant reality is this. The 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 thing you have to you really have to get this, and I I think the church struggles a little bit with some of this, is because we're just waiting on Jesus to do stuff. Sometimes we sing songs like "Come Jesus, come." Now, Jesus came. You don't have to sing for Jesus to come; He's here. You know what we ought to sing? Let's go, huh? <laughs> Let's go, Jesus. That's what you ought to be singing a lot. You know, we're march- What's that old hymn? We're marching in the army of the Lord. Did I go too far back with you? <laughs> Shane, Shane's laughing. He, he knows where I'm at. Okay. One of the basics of covenant is that both parties have responsibility. I know that's a cuss word in the church. That's the preacher's job. Preacher prays. Preacher does all the stuff, all the visits. No. Actually, my job is to teach you to do it. You're supposed to do it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, get busy. Huh? See, somebody ought to. I know you're thinking, man, I wish so-and-so was here. <laughs> you here, right? Abraham had to go, right? When God told him to go, Abraham had to go. Isaac had to go, Jacob, Joseph, Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, you all go. He's telling us. We need to go into the world. See, we're looking at the Abraham covenant because God tells us that it's an everlasting covenant, and we're the heirs of that covenant. And the reason that Abraham is referred to as our father in the faith is because he is this natural example of a spiritual reality. He shows you how a human is to function under the umbrella of faith. One of the greatest things I love about the Old Testament is that it is full of natural examples when you watch people through the old testament the stories that you read about and you see they are showing us faith principles how you and i are to live as spiritual beings on this planet in our humanity so often we have turned the the life of faith into this religious thing that we do on sunday are you going to church today I, i don't know where that phrase actually came from are you going to church today but You understand, this is not the church. This is a building, right? It used to be, years ago, it was a hardware store over there. This was the Salvation Army right here. Before that, it was Kroger. I was talking to somebody the other day. We were talking about some things in the building. And what was weird is I worked here when it was Kroger. And I I think 1983. Yeah, I know. That's way back, Eric. I know. Yeah, this right here was the bread aisle. <laughs> back, the, back there was the meat department. Why'd y'all laugh at the bread aisle? <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> but we're the church. See, Abraham became our example. He is our father of the faith, and he did this according to what God spoke. And remember, I asked you all this last, last week. What is in your life right now? What are some of the things that you can highlight that you're doing that God has spoken over you? What word from the Lord do you have that you are going on, living on, stepping into, discovering? Because you should have something. That's why God changed Abram's name to Abraham so that every time he went out and spoke and introduced himself, he was introducing himself as what God said he was, And but he still didn't have Isaac. When people called out his, new, his name, you know, it probably took him a minute to change. Like, man, what are you change your name for, brother? Huh? And then he would say, well, I didn't change it. God changed it. I'm Abraham. I'm father of nations. I know I don't have any kids right now. What are you saying over your life that you don't see right now that God says that you are, that he says that you can do, that you can have? Now, getting to Isaac, remember God told abraham and sarah that they were going to have this baby but in genesis 21 you'll see that it finally comes true the lord actually moves on them and there you know sarah has a baby yeah you think about this though both abraham and sarah laughed when god told them and what's interesting is Isaac in the Hebrew language means laughter. The angel came to Sarah and said, why did you laugh? She said, I, I, she was in the tent. She said, I didn't. No, he said, oh, y'all, you laughed. See, the Lord did for Sarah what he had spoken, in the, and, and Isaac was born. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 21, it says Isaac was born at the set time that God said he would be. And then you move into Genesis 22. Now, I'm, I'm going to move quickly here because I know you all did your homework last week, right? A couple of you, okay. (laughs) Genesis 22, let's begin in verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. What? I know none of you probably have that one highlighted. God tested Abraham. You ever thought about that? What about when God's going to test you? Oh, no, God wouldn't test me. No, oh no, he's going to test you. Listen, he's going to test you and things. And understand something, I told you this last week, God is omniscient, he's all-knowing. He's not testing you for him. The test you are in is for you to realize that he is who he says he is, that he will do what he said he will do. The test that Abraham is about to endure is, is, and and understand, the, the, the Old Testament is full of types and pictures of Christ. And Abraham is getting ready to show us And so it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and he said, Abraham said, here I am. And verse 2, and then he says this. Take your son, your only son. What's that a type of? That's a type of Isaac. It's a type of Jesus. Take your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and you go to the land of Moriah and you offer him as a burnt offering. Mm -mm. Now, now. Huh? Not doing that. Now, what I want you to see here is, is this is the, the mountain of Moriah. This is the land that Abraham is sent to. And, and he's looking up from down here. This is the Kidron Valley right here. And he's over here. He's looking up on this mountain. There's nothing here right now. I know the Dome of the Rock is there right now, current day Israel. Don't worry about that. Okay? That's just a shrine that they did in the first century because they conquered Jerusalem. It's okay. Don't get mad about it. Jerusalem has been rebellious since this time. Okay? But God tells Abraham to go to this mountain. He said, take your son, your own, verse 2, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and you go to the land of Moriah, and you offer him as a burnt offering. And I know y'all got that. See, some of y'all, you won't offer anything burnt or not burnt. Huh? Huh? Now, God's not going to ask you to offer up because, you know, you all y'all do know that God's not talking about human sacrifice, right? No. Y'all get that. He never intended on Isaac, Abraham killing Isaac. He knew what he was going to do. Yeah. Abraham has to discover this. In verse 3, so Abraham rose early in the morning and he saddled his donkey. He took uh, two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and they split the wood for the burnt offering. And they arose and went to the place that God told him to go to. Now, understand At that time in history, you could probably, a human can probably travel in a day's time, 20 to 25 miles tops, unless you're riding a horse. You could go a little further, but that was about the extent of your journey. And he goes, on the third day, he lifted up his eyes, and he sees this place. So he's been traveling for three days, so he's probably put in about, I don't know, 75, 80 miles, something like that maybe. He looks up and sees the mountain. Verse 5, Abraham said to the young man, y'all stay. Now, pay close attention. He says to the young men, you all stay here. And the lad and I, we're going to go yonder and worship. We're going to go up on this mountain and we're going to worship. Watch this very carefully. And we will come back to you. Now, Abraham is the father of what? Father of faith. He is the father of nations, but he is known as the father of faith. And he is exercising it right here because what did God tell him to do? Go kill his kid. I don't think y'all are understanding the severity of his measure of faith here. See, there, Because you all know when I talk about something, you know what comes next? Austin, you know what comes next after my sermon? Opportunity. Opportunity comes for you to step up and be to do what God's put on your heart to do. So Abraham and the young man, they went. Verse 6, they took the wood, they took the burnt offering, and they put it on Isaac's back. What's that mean? That means he's old enough to carry stuff. He's, at this time, he's probably a young teenager. Huh? I'm sure he's seen sacrifice before. I'm sure in his mind by now he's got the wood. Matter of fact, <laughs> let me just keep reading. Isaac speaks to Abraham, his father. He says, Father, here's the fire. Here's the wood. Where's the offering at? Huh? Listen to Abraham again. My son, God will provide for himself a lamb for the offering. And so the two of them went up. Verse nine. They came to the place. Now, they've gotten. Now, none of this is here at this time. This is just the top of a mountain and they're on it. Verse nine says they came to the place that God told them to go. Abraham built an altar right here in this area somewhere. Now, he built it out of rock, he gets the wood, he places the wood on it, and then he, then he ties Isaac up. Why would he have to tie him up? Because I'm running. If I'm Isaac, I'm running. I know y'all would like just hop on the altar for you, Dad, but I'm not. So he ties him up, Abraham takes the knife, and then the angel of the Lord speaks. Verse 13, and then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and there behind him, was a ram caught in the thicket. And so Abraham went and took the ram and he offered it up as a burnt offering. Verse 14, i, I put this in the New Living because I really like the wording here. And Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, which means the Lord will provide. And then he makes this statement. And to this day, the people still say in the proverb, on The mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Now they're talking, you understand, they are prophetically speaking of Jesus. The New Testament uh, interprets Yahweh Yireh as Jehovah Jireh. It it literally means the ram is on the way. But it actually means, the word, it, it means provision, but it means this, that God sees before and provides see what I want you to understand about let me have the, that temple one back y'all what I want you to understand is that at the same time that Abraham is coming up because he's obedient every step of obedience there's a ram over here on this side of the mountain somewhere on the on the way the ram's on the way your, that was for somebody today your ram is on the way I don't know what you're believing for right now but yours but you need to get to the place where you are trusting God to the degree that you're willing to sacrifice everything that you have. This is the point from Abraham's lesson for us. And that's why he said, you are Jehovah Jireh. And on this mountain, huh, the Lord will provide. Now, here's the interesting thing. Right now, you see, that, uh, you see that the temple's there. But there's going to be a time when the uh, when Not this, this is here now, but Solomon's temple used to sit here. See, Mount Moriah, this place is where God tested Abraham. Y'all got that overlay of the two together? Check this out. This is the Dome of the Rock that's up there right now. This was Solomon's temple. This is the Holy of Holies. Now, Now, watch this. Abraham went here four thousand or two thousand years before Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, come come on now. God sees beforehand on this mountain the Lord will provide. I I, and I know that. And then on that same place, I know they built Solomon built his temple. Of course, Nebuchadnezzar came in; they destroyed that one. And then you remember back when we did our gatekeeper series out of the book of Haggai, huh? Remember the governor's Zerubbabel and the preacher Joshua. Those two guys, they went with a remnant of people and they rebuilt the temple for the second time and it was there when Jesus came. Until in 70 AD, it got tore down again. But not only did God test Abraham and Abraham go there to sacrifice, Solomon built his temple there Here's the other interesting thing. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is teaching. You got, you got to see this. Let me have that, the, the first one, the first dome picture, the, the, the one that's zoomed out. Yeah, because this is the eastern gate that's closed up right now. Now, I didn't know this. Paula told me this the other day. There's a cemetery here. You can't even get to it. But right over here is the Mount of Olives. And Jesus in Matthew 24 is on the Mount of Olives. They're looking over at the Mount uh, Moriah talking about, and the, the temple that that Zechariah, uh, that Zerubbabel built is there right now. And Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, guys, not a stone will be left on this thing. That was going to be torn down, too. And in 78, it did. But what I want you to see today, Jesus is letting his disciples know, because in Matthew 24 in Mark 13 and Luke 21, when Jesus is on the Mount of Olives, He's teaching, and he's telling his disciples that, that that's going to happen. He's pointing to the temple, and he's letting them know that's all going to come down. What's interesting, if you look in that story in Matthew 24, y'all okay with this? Yeah. See, here's the thing. The reason we're talking about this is because I want you aware of things in, or where you're at in history right now so that in the break room, you can have a conversation about this kind of stuff. You can know what's going on because right now, this place, this is the center of the universe right now in our current situation on the globe. All the eyes are on this place. And I know there's a lot of anti-Jewish people. If they're anti-Jewish, guess who else they're anti? Because according to Romans, we've been what? Grafted in. We are the seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. That land, see, you understand The universe will be ruled from right here. There is a heavenly Jerusalem that this one was made from. Don't worry about this thing. I'm talking about the location. Are you with me? And Jesus tells his disciples in Matthew 24, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the temple. Now, he's already told them that the temple's going to be torn down. So what temple are they going to be standing in? There's going to be a new one. Where's that one at? You're not going to be here for that one. What? Where am I going to be? You're going to be with Jesus. You'll get to come back with him. It, it, now, when you study and let me, let me caution you with this. I, I, I hesitated to even, even go here today because this subject, there's so many opinions and, and uh, differences uh, that scholars don't agree on and things like that. So, just stay in the middle of the road with stuff, okay? Because what, what I hear, and maybe the reason the Lord's got me talking about this is because when Israel comes into focus globally, a lot of people are thinking, man, is this it? Is this it? Well, I don't know if it's it, because Jesus said nobody will know. You know what he did say? Be ready. Amen. Not just be ready for him to come get you, be about his work when he does, because this is the key that I'm getting to. I don't know if I'll be able to, to unpack all of this today. But Jesus makes this statement in Luke 18. He says, when I come, will I find faith in the earth? Because in the last days, there will be this falling away. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said that like in the last days, people, they will, they will go find teachers that tell them what they want to hear. And Jesus says this in Matthew 24. So when you study Matthew 24, you know, take your time with that. If you have questions, write them down. Be careful what you go to Google for. Okay? Be careful what you use your AI for as far as research. John and I were talking uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I went to AI, and I'm like, give me a, give me a, 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 a detailed report on the life of, uh, of, of Abraham. And I'm talking in two minutes, I had pages. I'm like, AI is cool. Until it lies to you. Because make no mistake about AI, if the two of them are in the room, it, it thinks it's better than you are. Yeah. Right now. AI is a dangerous thing. I, I heard this interview the other day. Uh, I forget who the uh, head guy for Google is, but him and Elon Musk had a big falling out over AI. Because Elon said, this thing is dangerous, man. It is the platform the Antichrist will use. You do understand that. There is a one world government that has infiltrated every nation on this planet, including ours. And they're pushing for that agenda right now. This is why you need to know what's going on over there. You need to pay attention. And I don't mean pay attention with CNN and Fox News. That's right. Not that junk. They will never tell you what's going on. You got that? Jesus will. Yeah. The Holy Spirit will. And that's why he was teaching the disciples when when they were asking him, because he said in Matthew 24, he says Jerusalem will be trampled down by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. I know that's kind of old writing. Uh, A more modern translation says it like this, the easy to read. I really like how it says it. The holy city of Jerusalem, it will be under the control of foreigners until their time is completed which is what that's the case right now from 70 AD when when the Roman Empire came in and destroyed the temple the second time until this current day the Gentiles the foreigners the heathen control all of that I'm like I don't know but isn't it Jewish people yeah they're over there but they're not controlling anything they gave up control a long time ago see this is what you and I have to understand when the Gentiles, when the heathen, when that time is done, the church is gone from here. Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is teaching. He's on the Mount of Olives, and he's talking. Watch this in verse 3. The disciples come to him privately. They're on the Mount of Olives. And they're looking over at the temple, and, and they, they ask Jesus, when will these things be? What will be the sign? Pay close attention. What will be the sign of your coming? Right. Huh? And the end of the age. In other words, they're asking this, and he's going to answer them. We should know. It shouldn't be a surprise to us that are heirs to the throne of heaven. You should know the season you're in. Now no one, Jesus made it very clear. Nobody's gonna know the day. You can't predict. I know people have tried to do, well, this generation and that many years, and and, and Israel became a nation in 48, and Jerusalem became the city again in 67. Stop. You're just wasting time. You're not gonna know. But you will know the season. The book of Amos, chapter three, says this. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. I'm not saying I'm a prophet, but I do prophesy. And I'm prophesying to you. See, here's the deal. When, you know, this message today, I want you to, to be aware of what's going on, but not to the degree that you're distracted. And all you're doing is just waiting for Jesus to come back. Because I talk to people, there's a generation of people that they're, they're convinced that the Lord's going to come back in their lifetime, so they're not going to do anything. Not going not to further their education, they're not going to pursue dreams. Y'all don't, guys, you have to understand something. Even if he does come back, guess what? We go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and then you go, everybody's all excited about the marriage supper of the Lamb, Andy, but you know what? They, they don't want to go to the judgment seat of Jesus they don't want to go to the principal's office. But you've got to understand something. We all going. Every one of you are going to have a conversation with Jesus about what you did with your gifts and talents while you were here. I got some that, that's right. I got some others like, uh oh. <laughs> See, this is the point with Abraham. When God said, do something, he went. If you go read the story in Romans chapter 4, the Bible says that Abraham was unwavering at what God told him to do. He went out not knowing. He just had to follow the Lord. So, yes, be aware of what's going on. But we need to be more aware prophetically of the window of time that we're in. And then we need to be on purpose about kingdom stuff. Just think about it in your own life for a second. How, how intentional are you with your kingdom assignment? Now, not being critical of anyone, you do understand that. It's not our place to judge you. He's the judge and he will judge you. But look at your life. How much of the kingdom of heaven is taking place in your life? What are you doing about it? Well, preacher, I don't, you, you're, you're condemning me today. No, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you condemnation comes from the enemy there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ Jesus but make no mistake there will always be conviction the Lord is always going to be tapping on your heart just like he did Abraham just like he did Isaac just like he did Jesus remember Jesus in the garden Lord is there is there any other way huh How many of you, if y'all knew what was coming? See, that's the interesting thing. When you go to that picture, when Jesus is on the Mount of Olives and he's looking down over here, remember Galgotha's on this place too. I I I didn't tell you that? Yeah. Right here, right over in this corner somewhere is where Galgotha is. This is where he died. Is that crazy? It's where the the lamb, the, the, the lamb before the foundations of the world was slain right here. Huh? That's pretty cool, right? Well, I guess it depends on where you're standing. If you're over here on the Mount of Olives teaching it and you know you're getting ready to be the one going, you're, in, you're like Jesus in the garden. Lord, is there any other way? Something else that you need to keep in mind is that uh, when Jesus is having this conversation in Matthew 24, the church doesn't exist, you all. I mean, you think about it for a second. At the time of the conversation, when Jesus is on the Mount of Olives talking to the disciples, he is talking to Jewish people. The church does not exist. You got that? A lot of people try to interpret Matthew 24 through the window of the church. You can't. The church is not even on the planet when Matthew 24 is happening. I know that there are some interwoven lessons there, and you can see some of the signs of things happening, but the church is not there when that's taking place. What I would like for you to do in your study time, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21... Go get Revelation 6 and read them beside each other and watch your mind go. Because then you will realize, wow. Because if you're in Revelation 6, the church isn't here because the church leaves in Revelation 4. Well, how do you know all that? Because the Bible lets you know that, it gives you types and pictures all through. I know some of you still don't believe in the rapture, and that's okay. We love you, and I hope it's not based on, I hope, I hope it's not based on us believing in the rapture, Jack. I hope, I hope if we're born again, we just get to go, even if we were ignorant of some thoughts. Because I don't want to stay, and I don't think we're going to. See, this. the, the thing that, in, in, if I have time, Jesus will sh- will see that he lets us know some of these things, but I want you to realize the reason we're talking about this today is so that we're aware as the seed of Abraham, as heirs according to the promise. Because I can tell you as a pastor, we're all at different places in our journey of faith. We're all, you know, discovering new things. I know some of you listening to me today, you're like, man, this has nothing to do with my life. It has everything to do with your life. You just don't want to you just don't want anything to do with it. But you are the heir. If you're born again, you are the heir to the throne of heaven. You're the seed of Abraham. You're an ambassador on the planet. There are people waiting to listen to you right now. But you're hard-headed. See, I know some of you right now, I've brought up some stuff that you've been raised different. You're looking through, through your scriptures right now to straighten me out. Well, don't catch me in the lobby because I got a bunch of people to talk to. Call me on Monday if you want to straighten me out. All right? Yeah, and, and then we'll see how it goes. This event that I'm talking about, this getting ready to unfold, Jesus calling us home to him is not the same thing as what he's talking about in Matthew 24 with him returning here. Matter of fact, the prophet Zechariah says that he's going to return. And when he lands on the Mount of Olives, that mountain splits right here. And there's a valley from this eastern gate all the way over to it. I mean, there's things that are going to happen, and the world is going to freak out. But praise the Lord, we're not here. Revelation chapter 3 lets us know in verse 10, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the earth to test the inhabitants of the earth. God's going to keep us from it. How? He's going to take us out of here. In the moment, Paul says, in the twinkle of an eye, we'll be changed. And we'll put on immortality. Thessalonians lets us know that when it takes place, we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. He doesn't come back to the earth that time. He comes in the clouds and the rapture of the church takes place. And on that day, this planet will freak out. Because when that happens, there's going to be millions and millions of people that disappear. I and mean, that's that's like some movie. Well, they'll probably try to make one out of it once we're gone. Because understand something you all, the antichrist cannot come on the scene while we're here. We are the body of Christ. We are the restrainer. We are the power of God on the planet. I know so I know some people teach us the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost doesn't do anything without his body. We're his body. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9 says, God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation from Jesus. That day is going to be so bad, the prophet Jeremiah said, for that day is great so that there's none like it. Daniel, Daniel is full of revelation of end time events. That's that's, That's the one that said the abomination of desolation will stand in the temple. What Daniel meant by that, what the angel that was telling Daniel that The abomination of desolation, I know there are some scholars that think that that was Epiphanes that stood in the temple back when Rome was conquering. No, because that already happened. This hasn't happened yet. And there's going to be things in Matthew 24 that he says will take place that hasn't taken place. As a matter of fact, he said that they've never happened or never will again. So that means that Epiphanes was not the, I know he was the emperor that thought he was something he wasn't, but he died too. But the Antichrist will stand right here in the new temple. That, do you know that right now in Jerusalem, there is a group called the Temple Society? And they're developing and practicing all of the stuff. They have, they have all of the, the original articles. Of, what, what's that a big deal about? Because, guys, we are close and you got people that you know. And, we, and, and when you start telling them some cool stories like this about things that's going to happen, all of a sudden they perk up and want to listen for a minute. Like, man, really? Because what, they're, they're hearing just one side of what's going on in Jerusalem right now. They need to hear our side. Huh? In Daniel chapter 12, At that time, Michael shall stand up the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Wow. Michael is standing watch over the Jewish people. Right now. Huh? Michael is an archangel. I don't know if you, if you go read Daniel. Some of the stuff that takes place there. And there shall be a time of trouble. Such as never was since there was a nation. Even to that day. And that time your people shall be delivered. Everyone who's found what? Written in the book. Huh? Matthew 24 verse 21. Jesus said for there will be great tribulation. Such has not been since the beginning of the world until now nor ever shall be. See, this is the thing that you and I have to understand, guys. Jesus is teaching his disciples about when this is going to happen. He's Now, he's talking to Jewish people. If you read Matthew 24, you will see that Jesus told, he said, because if he was talking to the church, he wouldn't have highlighted the Sabbath. He said, pray that your journey's not on Sabbath. Why? Sabbath doesn't mean anything to us, does it? We live a life of Sabbath, or we're supposed to. Did I lose y'all with that? Now, Jesus is fulfilled our Sabbath. We're in Christ. He is the Sabbath, but not Jewish people. Jewish people still practice the Sabbath. That's why in Matthew 24, he said, pray that, that, that when you have to depart, when you see these things, he said, don't go back, a, don't, go, don't even go back to your house to get your stuff. Just get out of town. And he said, pray it's not on the Sabbath because if it is, well, you can't do nothing on the Sabbath according to Jewish law. So you're dead. Huh? Huh? But he's teaching these guys this and he's talking to jewish people about what it's going to look like when he comes back now he knows that now listen guys the disciples aren't going some of those guys on the mount of olives listening to him they don't make it the next three years they are they die so they don't see any of this so who is he talking to he's talking to jewish people that will be on the planet when this stuff starts to unfold so he's giving them insight as to what to look for what to expect For the church, Hebrews 10 lets us know. For the church, 10.25, let's not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But let's encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The New King James says it like this. Let's not neglect gathering together, especially when we see the day approaching. What day? The the day of his return. So why would they write that if we couldn't see the day approaching? We do see the day approaching. And this is why we need to be about the master's work. We need to understand in a covenant, both parties have responsibilities. You and I, there are things that Jesus is gonna put on our hearts to do. We are to go into the marketplace. We are to go into the education system, into all the gates of influence. We, the church, we are supposed to go in and represent the kingdom. And you need to be able to have conversations about end time events with what's going on in, uh, all over the world, but especially in Israel right now because that's the, everybody's dialed in on what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do? And in the natural, the world doesn't really have a clue because they don't tell you the truth of what's happening over there. But you need to understand Hamas is a terrorist organization. Okay? I mean, we're all cool as long as it's somewhere else. But just think about this for a second. What if they came across the border? Oh, wait. I think they have. What if something happened in your state are you cool with it then see right now it's the whole out of sight out of mind but as the people of god we can't live that way you all isaac had to go jacob had to go you know the interesting thing about jacob there came a time when jacob said he said you know what i've had enough of labor I've had enough of his manipulation. I've, I've had enough of all the stuff, he, the way he's treated me. I'm out. See, there's gonna come a time when you've had enough of the world and all the stuff that's going on. And you're gonna say, "I'm all all right God, me and you, let's go. See, that's what J- Jesus had to go. The disciples had to go. He's telling us, you gotta go. You gotta go into your circle of influence. See, we have this talk because this is the thing I want you leaving here to, you, you gotta understand, the promises of God are ours today. That, that's the thing, we're not just geographical with a promised land, it's spiritual for us. The promises of God are yes and amen for those of us who are in Christ. And we're having these kind of talks that will, my prayer is that it motivates us to step out and become doers because according to Jesus in Luke 18, as I said earlier, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I'm like, my goodness. Willie what about with you cause here's, here's the thing I know I gotta get you guys out of here it's real easy when you're believing for your stuff my name's Jimmy what you gonna give me huh we all, we all want faith stuff for that Lord give me this Lord help me with that let that your favor be on me so I can get a new promotion I can get there's coming a time in history in your time, that you're going to have to use faith for more than some stuff, you all. See, God wants you to believe that he's going, he wants you to believe in him, that when he says, go into your boss's office and tell him about Jesus, or tell him whatever the Lord. Oh, that's, I'm uncomfortable with that. That's why you need some faith, man to go to this one to say something to do something to get in your pocket and give something whatever it might be god is calling we are his body on the planet and this is why guys this is why we have to maintain proper perspective concerning our life in christ because we live even though we're confined to this natural world right now we live in a spiritual world we are spiritual people and according to the apostle john as he is so are we. Now, obviously, he's not talking about your human nature because on any given day, I definitely don't look like or sound like Jesus. He's talking about our born-again spirit made just like him. This is why Jesus prayed for us in John 17. He said, I, I, I love this. He says, Lord, this is Jesus praying for us. He says, Father, I'm not praying. Listen to this very carefully. I'm not praying that you take him out of the world. He's gonna do that soon enough when the rapture comes. But but until then, he said, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. Because and Then he makes this statement, because they are not of this world just as I am not of this world. You're a new creation. You have to understand, just like Jesus had kingdom assignment, just like Joseph had kingdom assignment, Joshua had kingdom assignment. The, th- the cool thing about Joshua, He still had to go in and possess what was already his. Remember, this land was already given to him. Now, we're in Jerusalem here, but I mean, it's vast. You saw that map a couple weeks ago of the promised land. Joshua had to go in and possess the land. Guys, but the land was occupied with the enemy. You ever thought about that? This is why Jesus said the gates of hell cannot prevail. The gates of hell cannot stop the church. Unless the church just sits in a chair every Sunday and doesn't do anything. But if you roll up your sleeves and say, here I am, Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? It's at that point that we go into the gates See, gates are supposed to stop something from coming in, right? Or going out. The kingdom, that's how the kingdom of darkness works. The people in the kingdom of darkness, you locked in. Until the kingdom of light goes in and penetrates and takes them out. But what if we don't, y'all? What if we just sing another worship song? Oh, that was a good one today, hallelujah. And then we leave and we go to our favorite restaurant. We watch another ball game. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Other than when God says go, when he says do. Abraham, I want you to go to this place I'm gonna show you and I'm gonna make you great. And I'm gonna make you famous and distinguished. and You'll be a blessing everywhere you go. And through you, all the earth will be blessed. Your seed will be like the sand on the seashores, like the stars in the sky. So when you look at our faith covenant, it means that faith isn't trying to get God, Jehovah Jireh, to do something. He's already provided. He is pro-vision. He is the pro And Jesus is the fulfillment of all of those things. This is why Paul makes this statement to the young church. He says, hey y'all, you imitate me like I imitate Jesus. What you see me do, you go do it. This is the thing that God is looking for. So as we see the day approaching, let these words settle today. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? See, I think today the Lord is dealing with some people about their journey of faith why because you are in Christ you are the seed of Abraham you are heirs according to the promise you have been called to the kingdom of heaven for such a time as this so when the Lord puts that idea on your heart and you think well that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life and then we do this Lord is that really you our cop out that's our cop out line right there i need to wait and see if it's the lord huh well you know he's not going to tell you to do something that's anti the lord so even if you step out and tried it and and it wasn't the lord and but you tried to do something for god and you failed well you know heaven's full of people like that this church is full of people like that sometimes you just have to be willing to take a step that was the thing with abraham this is the, the key you all Abraham, the Bible says that Abraham went Not knowing There will be things in your journey of faith You're not gonna know the answer to You just got to know Okay, he asked me to do it. He's got me. He is El Shaddai the Almighty all-sufficient one. He is Yahweh Yireh He is the Lord who provides So when you step don't wait. So often you, we wait. Well, you know, when I get enough money, I'll do it. When I, when, I, when I get a little bit more education, I'll do it. And those dudes that follow Jesus, he said, follow me. And then he said, go. He didn't send it to the, to the seminary. He, he, he said, watch me. Now go do it. It's interesting when you follow them In Matthew 10, well, you know, Jesus is asking them a couple chapters earlier, but in Matthew 10, he's no longer saying follow, now he's saying go. You see, you go into the cities. Y'all know what he told them to do? Preach the kingdom of heaven, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, freely you've received, freely give. What happened with that? Where's that at today, huh? See, this is what God is looking for in every one of us. In order for you to go, you've got to be willing to step out. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to know everything. I have so many people tell me, Pastor, I don't know enough about it. Stop it. Nobody knows enough about it. This is why it's called faith. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in the earth? I say for me in my house, yes. He will find some faith here. Why? Because we're going to talk about it. huh? We're going to remind you of it. We're gonna encourage you to take steps of faith. Why? Because you're the seed of Abraham. And you're gonna follow his example, amen? If you're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed. How do you get in Christ? You believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. So if you're in the room today and you're never taking that step of faith, give Jesus a chance. Well, I don't know if I'm, this, is, this church is for me. Okay, we're really not asking you to be part of this church. We're asking you to be part of the church. If the Lord leads you here, that's wonderful. We would love to have you, but make heaven your home. Give Jesus a chance in your life. If you're here or maybe you're watching or listening somewhere, stop what you're doing for a second, man. You have an opportunity for the greatest thing in your life to take place, but you got to take a step of faith and believe it. We've made it as simple as possible. We've got a very simple prayer. We're going to lead you as a church family together in it. But if this is you and Jesus is not your Savior today, do not leave here without Jesus. Tomorrow's not promised to anybody. Don't leave here without Jesus. Say the prayer with us. Take a step of faith. Give Him a chance. Amen. Those of you listening or watching, stop what you're doing. Say the prayer with us. Church, let's help Him with this. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now if you said the prayer, let somebody know. It's the greatest thing in your life just took place. You belong to the family of God now. You are called for such a time as this. Now it's time for you to discover your heavenly assignment. Now for all of you here, you know I remind you of this every Sunday, but I want you to be more on purpose about it than ever before, because what's waiting on you outside the doors? Opportunity. So be about it. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at VictoryLifeKY.com. Thank you so much for listening.